Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. So we finally got you here. Yes. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> don't have to apologise. It's probably me that has to apologise for all our persistence. Uh, Ryan Curry, thanks for coming on the Brown the Brave. Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for having me. What I'm interested to know is, because I think when I ask people to come on the podcast, I understand that, no, no me, because I have been asked to go on other people's podcasts and I'm like, why are you asking me? But I wonder, like, what would what was your um, trepidation about coming on the podcast? Um, I just think my first thought was there's way more interesting people to talk to than me, um, and I, I don't I don't really consider myself a creative, courageous person. So, and and that's what your podcast is about. And you hear all these other some of the other ones I've listened to. I'm like, oh my god, those people are amazing. So. Uh, so I, that's what it was. And I'm like shaking my head because I think of you as being all those things, mm. knowing what I know about you. Hence why I asked you. So this is a great way to lead into yeah. <laughs> learning going, this is how we, we turn this around to prove to you that actually you are all those things. <laughs> so I want you to give me your best elevator pitch for real-time music. Before we really get into yeah. it. It's... Youth work dressed as rock and roll for disadvantaged young people in North Lanarkshire. Done, done. You've done that before. I have. <laughs> I love that. That's the <laughs> elevator pitch. Yeah. <laughs> We've hadn't even at level two yet. <laughs> that was amazing. Yep. <laughs> Boom, done. Aye. That, that's spot on, actually, knowing what I know. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And it still is. And we're trying to keep it that way as much as possible as we grow. So I was involved in real time when I was at high school. Yeah. So that would have been like, I don't know, I maybe was like fifth year at high school, maybe. So that's like back in like the 90s. Aye. And you, so you would have been there at that uh-huh. time. So what I probably don't know fully is the, the origin story of real time. Because as a young person, I was just there enjoying making music with my pals. Mm-hmm. And then as an adult later on in life, discovered that, oh, I like what real time do and that it was still going, but I don't think I actually know like how it all began. Mm-hmm. So if you can give us a, take us back in time. Uh, so the important thing to say about real time is it's it's no, it's no about me as such, because the whole thing uh, lives and dies on or the work of so many people or else it just wouldn't be what it is. But the, orig- the, the origin story of it was that I was, secondary school and let's just say I didn't enjoy secondary school and um, got expelled from secondary school and uh, yeah yeah so one of the one of the things I'll not go into all the things I used to do when I was in school but uh, one of the things I used to do was play the guitar I used to spend I think one the longest I ever counted that I spent was about 12, 13 hours one day playing the guitar, just practising, practising, just was just right into it. And um, the shadow side of that is you're quite socially isolated because mm. you're just sitting on your own playing the guitar yeah, all the time. Okay. So at the time, I was seeing a girl who was in a youth group. Now, 
I would never in a million years go to a community centre. It just was not cool isn't to me because I thought I was cool, no, isn't he? But, <laughs> Didn't we uh, all? <laughs> exactly. So I'm standing outside this community centre like trying to get me to come out, like just patch that and we'll go somewhere else. Yep. And, uh, so this guy comes out, Ian Anderson, who we both know. Yes. And he's like, ah, I've heard about you. You play the guitar. I'm like, why don't you? Blah, 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 blah. So anyway, long story short, it turned into this idea of if we could start something for local young musicians, then maybe we could get a kind of cheap rate for one of the rooms in the mm-hmm. community centre. And I was just like, just selfishly thinking to myself, like, oh, of course, that'd be great to get a cheap rehearsal room. Yeah. So that's how it started. It kind of got co-founded between myself and Ian. Uh, and then we quickly uh, started that up, got a room together in the studio, and it was originally for sort of young bands and local musicians and stuff like that. And your sister Emma had was the first work experience pupil that we ever had. No way. Uh, and that was even before the studio was built. It was in that first room that we had. There was nothing soundproofed or anything like that. Um, probably the first and best work experience pupil we've ever had. Because <laughs> you know Emma's like just like top top notch at everything. Why? So that so then we what we ended up doing was we we started getting involved in sort of projects. So there was, we were like, there's a need for this. And there's a need. There's this women's placement program. And they need a workshop. And then there's this primary school, and they're having a bit of trouble with these young people. Mm-hmm. So we started doing that, and then just realised both me and Ian were like, there's just an absolute dire need for yeah. something like this. And then it quickly took over to the point where I would say ninety eight percent. Uh, the studio time, like in all my time, was spent on these projects, and there was like two or three percent left for like local bands to get in. Wow! And then that's kind of where real time went, and it it sort of blossomed from there. So that was maybe nineteen ninety seven that it started, and now twenty twenty three, we're at over must be about twenty four thousand young people we've counted that we've worked with. Gosh! Over that time, so it started off small, yeah, as you can yeah. imagine, and then. Over the years, we've had more staff coming in, so we're able to work with more young people. So that's incredible, isn't it? I like to think about that. You know, imagine, imagine if you had resisted that bit further in terms of like, I'm not going into a community centre. Like, thank you. I guess the passion for music because you were so into music at that time, and you were like, I a, a space to rehearse them would be great. Aye. All right, then. Yeah. Imagine if you'd said no. I know. And that's why, that's why I'm saying it's no, none of this is about me. It's all about all these amazing people around about me. But like, so this guy, Ian Anderson, completely changed the course of my life. And to this day, he's still like a mentor to me. Like he, he's retired and stuff like that. But to this day, we've still got a really strong relationship. But he saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself. And I think in a way that is the kind of beating heart of the whole charity. Because yeah. it's about taking that into every other interaction you have with all the other young people that you work with and don't get too caught up in funding and outcomes mm-hmm. and stuff. It's just about having relationships and trying yes. to get creative results through that as well, bringing Absolutely. out the, the, the strengths and the interests of the people you work with. Well, it's that, that thing of like just not writing off people. or And I think you know we can be conditioned to be like, you know, there's a young person being expelled for school. Do you know what I mean? Like just deciding who somebody is because of they're not they're not necessarily fitting in the mould. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more to a person than their education oh, or totally. where they came from or and in fact that quite quite often is like 
a positive of where they came from and what their story is and that they did rebel, if you like, against uh, the system or doing. Totally. And I had nothing else going for me. I had honestly nothing else going for me except I could play like a few chords on the guitar. And um, I was talking at a Creative Scotland thing a few weeks ago about this, about how even even if I was decent at the guitar, which I wasn't that good, but even if I was, there was no way I was going to do it because mm-hmm. the, the opportunities that were around at that time, I wasn't going to the Royal Academy of Music and Drama or anything like that, mm-hmm. and there was no other college courses or programmes or anything like that. So if, if I hadn't bumped into Ian, I don't know, I'd yeah. be working at a factory or I don't know what I'd be doing. To be honest, so it's completely changed the course of my life. And then, round about that, there's this core group of people that that I was talking to you about as well. Like mm-hmm. your mum being one of them. These unsung heroes, eh, creative charities that you don't often hear about, and they're honestly the they're like the boiler room of the mm-hmm. whole thing. Because when times get tough, and you know what it's like, there's tough times yeah. when you're doing yeah. this type of stuff. It's like they're the people you're on the phone to. Yeah. And they're the ones that are always they're always there for you. It takes a village. Aye. But they do there's no they're no like, oh, I want the building named after me. No, like that. Aye, they're not there for the glory. And that but well, the end of the day that's correct. That aye. we should all be doing these things because we're passionate. And what a privilege it is to do some as your profession or to have the time to volunteer to do something aye. that brings you that joy, that gives you that opportunity to meet new people inspire young people make things make opportunities happen for young people like that's a privilege mm-hmm. that's not a pat myself on the back and I think it is important to pat yourself on the back when yeah. you reach milestones or you, you know, you're over a hurdle like I absolutely take stock of like we have worked with 24,000 young people that's amazing Aye. I, you know but the eye is always on like what's next who Aye. else can we help Who you know because that's where the passion is isn't it Aye. and I think that's probably <laughs> one of the bad things about real time, shouldn't, shouldn't be talking about bad things, but <laughs> one of the bad things is we're so bad at t- t- blowing our own trumpet. Yeah. We're terrible at social media, we're terrible about, terrible about going out and talking about all our work because just it's so simple inside real time. We just, there's somebody that needs some help, let's go and meet the person, get them into a group, let's work with them. Mm-hmm. And the idea to go out and talk about we just don't even entertain well, it. Thanks. <laughs> Aye. But it's probably getting to the stage now because pre-pandemic we were working with about 12, 1,300 individual young people a year. Hmm. So it's quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's only like maybe a full-time equivalent staff of about seven or eight people. It's quite a lot to, to, to do. But it's probably getting to that size where you're not going to, it's not going to cut it with word of mouth anymore. I think it's that we were living in an age of like social media as well. It's like you can, you know, you can resist it as much as you like. But totally. it, it is. I mean, it certainly has been a great tool for me. Not right. only as like you know, a choreographer and stuff. Like, I mean, my dance troupe, for instance, like we didn't have a website for like the first year that uh-huh. we were a thing because I wanted, you know, a bespoke one belt and it cost money. And, yeah. and I remember sit, starting a Bebo, I think it was at the time, and <laughs> Facebook had just started. That's right. You know, and we got all our gigs, <clears throat> excuse me, off off of Facebook and uh-huh. Bebo, do you know what I mean? And uh, like certainly with the podcast, like, that's how I get the word out, do you know what I mean? So as much as, yeah, there's not so great things about social media and we're probably, a lot of us are on it too much or whatever, I also think there's like a lot of positives oh, definitely, to come yeah. from it, you know, and, and I guess young people are, the young folk are on, was it, well, it's TikTok, isn't it, these days? Yeah. 
Yeah. But your your mum tells me that I should um that I'll be able to tap into your vast knowledge. So <laughs> tells you a lot of things that yeah, so I'm ho- persuasive. I'm hoping to follow up on that after this. We get some, no get some... I don't know how much I, I'll be of help, but uh, but yeah, I'm interested in um so I guess from that not necessarily from the origin story, but once you'd established real time music and you were like, This is definitely what what we our aims and objectives are kind of in the early days. Mm-hmm. And those aims and objectives have never wavered. They're the, the same. But in terms of like a week in the life of real time, how is that different? What were you doing initially to what you're now doing? I very it's very different. So I'd probably say the big difference is just the number of young people we're working with. So and that equates to the number of workshops that we're doing too. So our workshops typically are about two hours long. Okay. It depends on. Um, the nature of the young people as well. Sometimes if we get a wee bit of additional support needs or behavioural difficulties or whatever, mm. maybe make it more like an hour and a half. Okay. But it tends to be around about that. And the, the big question I always get asked is, what do you actually do? Because the, the, I think people have always got an image in their head where it's like a big circle of chairs and we're all sitting with guitars singing like Kumbaya or something. And it's it's couldn't be further for that. Mm. So... The, the way we talk about it is it doesn't matter what music they're playing as long as they're smiling. Nice. Right? It doesn't matter. So it mm-hmm. could be sometimes you'll do a workshop where young people coming from a school and they're into rap and hip hop stuff and that's what we're doing. That, that. That's the project. Mm-hmm. Or you get like a bunch of I don't know, boys and girls that are from a young carers organisation or something like that and they're into all, all different stuff. And they'll maybe some of them will be int- interested in video cameras, some of them will want to do a bit of songwriting, some of them will want to like be a bit more they'll be more dramatic or whatever. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. the the trick is to be like, how can we make a project? Yes. That brings, playing all those strengths. Brings all of that out. Yes. And then they'll make like a music video or a documentary or something like that. Awesome. So that's where the trick to it all is. So that's so I know if you were in a workshop you'd probably see young people going about with cameras, play, playing guitars, working in wee bands. Sometimes they're over at the mixing desk, some of them are into that technical stuff, mm-hmm. so we're using Pro Tools or using GarageBand on an iPad or whatever. So it's all about that. Blend, basic boils down to creative skills and personal skills. Yes. So we try to build these creative skills, because that's really what the young people are there for. That's the cool bit. Hmm. And then in the background, we're trying to be like, but if you work with him to put that together, yes. it's building that collaboration and mm-hmm. social confidence and all that stuff. Of course. But... In terms of the change, I suppose when it first started, I was doing all the workshops, but there wasn't as many because there was only one person. Mm-hmm. And now I'm more like a glorified form filler. <laughs> We've got I've got quite good at filling in funding forms. Yeah, I mean is, that's a skill, that's a magic skill in itself. Aye, it's like I, I know there's value in it as well, but I also oh, go like I've avoided it like the plague my entire aye. career. I've even looked at one. <laughs> That's that's basically that's what I was going to say. Like the reason I tried to get good at it was just so nobody else had to do it. Oh, this yeah. dude, like, just like just to be like this is rubbish. Like I'll, I'll take the rubbish job. I, let's just I'll just do that and then you they can they can focus on the workshops type of thing. But um, so I think now I do a lot more of that and then but as I say we've got about seven or eight full time equivalent staff. So that's mm-hmm. maybe across like eight nine ten different people and they deliver. Workshops and an interesting thing about us at real time is we've tended not to use freelancers. 
Yeah. And that when you when I never thought that was a thing I, until I started going across Scotland. I'm like, do you, do you know you use freelancers? And I was like, no. We get local people and then we kind of take them on through these employment schemes or we find them and they tend to be quite young mm-hmm. and then they can come on and they'll often be in our group and then a volunteer and then maybe a sessional worker and then some of them will move on. Yeah. But a lot of people work for real time to this day have came through schemes like the Kickstart programme or Community Jobs Scotland or the Future Jobs Fund and all those types of things. That's I think that's quite good. Yeah, of course it is. It's Absolutely. quite good. But it comes with its challenges as well. In terms of that growth, is it quite scary to make these decisions of, right, okay, we know that we need to take on another member of staff or, uh, you know, because it's your baby and you're letting, I guess, other people get involved in this, be part of it, but also it's like a financial kind of consideration. Like, how right. have you grown in confidence in terms of your ability to just make these decisions? Or is it, you know, is it that kind of village thing where you have people that you, uh, you know, go to before you make these Aye, I think the, the aye, it's the, it's the, there's a board of trustees that uh, that your mum Betty's mm-hmm. been on for a long time. She's a vital part of, and I think, I I mean the, the 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 best way to put it, I think, would be the the two worst bits I've ever had about in this job is a lot of time you work with young people who are in real distress, and a lot of times. They have got social workers and I, they can phone an ambulance and they can do all that stuff, but they don't, they phone you because they trust you. And then it comes, I maybe know the one working with them, but mm. it comes through to me as a safeguarding person type of yeah. thing. And that's the thing, one of the single worst bits about it is you're sitting in your car at half 11 at night on the phone to somebody try to talk them down and try wow. to find some sort of support for them. And it's not, not for me, but just the situation. It's just really difficult for everybody. Uh And then the the second one that's the worst part about this is, um, like you were saying there, the sleepless nights you have about Mm -hmm. you know there's funding ending and you know that's going to affect certain people's jobs and there's tough decisions that need to be happening. But uh, And just worrying, where's that going to come from? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to need to do this, need to do that, whatever. Whereas sometimes if you've got, a, a more freelance approach, you know, that that will just come to an end. Yes, and that was all, and that, that's, and that's fine, fine. That was always going to yeah, yeah. But I think I think it benefits outweigh the challenges because I think one of the things you find when you've got people who work for you for a long time is they can work with the young people for a long time. Mm. Sometimes they'll even do a project in months, seven, eight, nine, ten months will go by and they'll come back and do another project and so it's like there's this continuity. Yes, and I think that's important. Like young people like structure or need structure. Well, we all do actually, but I think even if they don't realise they like it or they need it, but it is, it is a thing. Do you know what I mean? Like it is, and it is nice. I mean, I, I know it as a freelancer when it's lovely to get asked back to things. Yeah. You know, and it, it could be a year later or whatever. You know, and everybody's a year on, but it's just nice to still have that relationship with people that you've worked with in the past, um, especially young people that you've worked with, because you can quite quickly get back into something. Mm-hmm. There's not that like, who are you and why are you here and that kind of couple of weeks of bedding in, which is Aye. also great too. And it, it, I guess it's just different situations, but if you're working kind of grassroots level in a, you're in a community, it's not in a fancy theatre, yeah. you know, 
everybody's privileged necessarily. It's just a different makeup, isn't it? Aye. Of the young people. And you're saying like care experienced young people or, you know, there's there's issues in the room that you can't always avoid. Aye. You shouldn't yep. necessarily. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that's like, I would imagine that your your, your work is sometimes leaving stuff at the door. Yeah. Because this is a safe space and you get to be this different person on a different side of you. But also not negating the fact that they have issues, they have other, they have lives where yeah. difficult stuff's happening there. Yeah, because it's tricky being a young person these days. Well, that's, that's what I was just thinking when, when I was listening to you there. That, that I think one of the things about this is, and it'll be the same with dance and any other sort of um, discipline, stuff like music and other uh, areas like that, it can be like a little mini version of the world or a mini version of life. So, for example, you could come into a workshop and you have all this stuff going on and you don't know how to deal with stressful and all that. And then, but for that moment, you've picked this song and because uh, I still, I still get this as well. But I remember when I was younger, I was like, "See if I could play that song, I'll just give the guitar up because that's the only song in the world I want to know." <laughs> so I'd be so persistent and I'd be like, "Oh, I just want to learn this wee bit. It's such a cool bit and all that." Mm-hmm. And then you've got somebody over your shoulder and they're like, "Oh, it's great. You're doing like see compared to last week. That's some difference. You're doing yeah. great. Let's just go, go for it again." Just encouraging somebody to do it, and in a way, it's almost like a wee snow globe-sized version of real life. Because you're getting these wee chances to just have another crack at something, yeah. just keep going. I don't know. I think there's something about that that, um, well, if you do that enough, it it spills over and bleeds into the rest of your life. And you go, oh, let's just try that for another. Just just get another go. Yeah. I'm doing my books. I'm doing my account. Let's just do another page, and then I'll finish for the night or whatever. Yeah. And before you know it, you're done. And I think that That's goes so a long. So true. You're right. You're spot on. I think it goes a long way. And I think is what you were saying about you know getting in and meeting young people again after a while. Hmm. I'm going to say this, and I bet you you'll have an example as well. <laughs> but you can never underestimate the impression somebody can make on you, and it's ridiculous yep. sometimes. Because I was saying about Ian Anderson, the guy that just mm-hmm. basically started a lot of the, the whole thing. He, um, I like to call this positive manipulation. <laughs> Right. Which is that we, what I did to get you on this podcast? Aye, aye, aye. Exactly. <laughs> Which is basically, Ian was like, there's this Prince's Trust course and you're going on it. You've oh, got a choice okay. kind of thing. Yes, uh-huh. And I was like, no, I'm not dead. <laughs> so I, long story short, I went on the thing because he just did his thing. But I did what Ian did. <laughs> and got, Ian magic. Aye. So I was on this week-long residential and it was, it was about young people who were interested in music. Okay. Obviously why he wanted me to go. I just did not want to do it. But anyway, the guy who was there Monday morning, nine o'clock, the guy that introduced the whole thing, mm-hmm. compounding in with a pair of Birkenstocks on shorts, just been, oh, I've just been for a five mile run because I'm about to go on a trek to wherever, Kenya or something like that. And I'm sitting there like just um, expelled, like drinking and smoking and all that stuff. Don't mind like, me there. <laughs> I but, but there was a part of me that was just like, love to be like that guy. Really? He looks so full of energy and so just so confident, knows what he's about, knows what he wants his life to be. And I was like, he looks dead cool. And I was just dead impressed by him. Yeah. And I think because I had never, there was nobody like that in New Stevenson. Fair like, enough. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'd have to Google it. <laughs> Birkenstocks were, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Aye, so I would never have been exposed to any of that type of 
optimism yeah. and just drive. I was like, that guy's cool as anything. Just um, And I'm sure somebody's been in one of your workshops and went, oh, she's amazing. I might be like her. And it's just those those type of role models, those positive role mm-hmm. models that aren't there, teacher or aren't there, policeman or aren't there, kind of usual people that you, authority mm-hmm. figures. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think sometimes young people categorise it like that. They're mm-hmm. all people who tell me what to do. Mum, dad, teacher, Aye. police. And then there's this other category where I think youth workers and sort of creative workers sometimes fit more into that other side mm-hmm. where it's like, no, we're not here to tell you. No. We're just here to do no. cool stuff for you. Exactly. And that, that you have all the answers. Like, I often say to young people, like, we're working on a dance or whatever, and I'm like, you know, set a creative task. And then they're all just looking at each other, like, and then they look at you and they're like, what do you want us to do? And I'm like, just, just do the creative task. I know, but what do you want? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I literally <laughs> just want you to make something. You know, I remember working with a, a young group of boys once and I'd set a, a task and a thing and I was like, literally just, so it was to attach any movement. So I was like, it could be a wave. It could be a jump. Uh-huh. And they were just looking at me as if we're going to get this wrong. And yep. I was like, you cannot get this wrong. Because yep. I don't care what you make. Uh-huh. I really, I couldn't care less as long as you're happy with it, as long as you have fun making it. Yep. And, you know, you're happy with the result. And then we ended up, you know, I was like, I don't have a clue about football. Like, go and show me a football move. And, you know, it was like headers and like kicking yeah. the ball or keeping up easy. And I was like, that's all moves. Like, we can use them. And it just like, I remember there'd be faces. Like, it was, they were quite young. It was primary school age. But they're just being like, all right. Um, like, that's dancing. I'm like, yeah. ah, uh-huh, because we'll just put it to music and then we'll just call it dancing. Aye. Like, you're moving your body. Yeah. And that's something you're confident with. I, I can't do those moves as, as good as you can. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Aye. But it's just, like, that young people do have all the answers. Do you know what I mean? They, they, they've got the ability. And the stuff that they don't or they don't know yet, like, we can work on that together. Aye. And I'm always learning, I think, as well. Like, I think it's important to show young people your vulnerability as a practitioner. Like, you don't know it all. You're not the all-seeing eye, like... I'll quite often, like, if I make a mistake or I'll just say it. Like, I'm like, yeah. oh, right, what was I thinking? Oh, I don't know. What did I say there? Or, and I, I think they appreciate that authenticity, that honesty. Aye, definitely. You know, that you don't know it all. 100%. And I think that, that I was saying earlier on about Ian being the and being the beating heart of this whole thing. And he saw that thing in me mm. that I couldn't see myself. And one of the other things that he taught me that... that um, We've tried to keep to this day. It's at the top of every wee project plan we do. Is the three principles of working with young people, and I never get sick of talking about it mm, because great. I think it's so true. Yeah, it's yeah, So yeah. true, and it applies to every situation. So, like number one is always young people choose to come. So even even in a school, if a school asks us to come and work with young yeah. people, if that young person doesn't want to be, I'm not. We're not going to lock the door. We're not going to. No. Make you do it. And you down. You're, you're your own person. If you don't want to do it, it's fine. Find something else to do. Mm-hmm. Like, well, let's work together and yes. come up with something. And then the second one is that uh, we're there to collaborate with young people, not to dictate to them. So it's exactly what you were saying a second ago. Like, I think at its worst, sometimes this type of work can be, I have a badge and it says tutor and you are the person in my workshop and you need to listen to me because I have all the knowledge and I'm going to open your head and pour all my knowledge into your head. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, you could be further from the truth. Aye, well, you could try it, but you're great. you'll last about two minutes. Correct. You'll get eaten alive, I think. But... <laughs> you're true. And then the third one is, it's about starting where the young person is. 
not yes. where anybody else wants them to be. So a good example of that was, and it happens a lot actually, was like a school or an organisation will say, there's this fact, <laughs> you'll know better than me, but they'll say, there's this group of young people and we need them to do this thing on a stage on this date. And I always say, aye, if they want to. Because <laughs> yes. see, I'm in a projects where nobody asked the young person what they whether want. they wanted to be part of that. Mm. And then, and I've even seen it, where they, they, it'll come to that date where if they got them to do their thing and they'll go and stand, uh, this was just before the pandemic, they'll go and stand on the stage and they face the back of the stage with their back to the audience and just refused. Wow. And I was like... Why are we doing this? What's that, this about? I was like, how far did that school take that? Do you know what I mean? That's just nonsense. Just to, just to, I don't know, it's like their boss wanted an event or something like that. Ah. And they made the, put the young people in a position where they had to go up and stand on the stage with yeah. their back to the audience. I was like, that's ridiculous. Because not everybody wants to perform and that's all right. Like, But that doesn't mean you can't be involved. Do you know what I mean? Like, Aye. There's all those behind the scenes things as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, we're not all wanting to be on the stage front and centre. Aye. And I, I, we were talking about this in real time recently. This idea of, because I, 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 I absolutely don't want to make light of mental health challenges and where people are in their life and all that as well. But I also think you have to be trying to move forward. You have to be trying to work with them to not not say at, at any moment you can just give up or whatever. It's, it's just this idea of, with this analogy of, if you think of a personal trainer, mm. go to a personal trainer, they wouldn't just say, oh, right, so you've got some challenges. Just do a couple, just do a couple of press-ups. Just do whatever you want. Yeah. They don't, they, no. they, they'll, do, they'll get you to work, right? And they'll yeah. get you to work to a point where they can see you're, at, you're nearing a limit. Mm-hmm. And then they go, good, there's a marker. Mm-hmm. Right? I know where you are with your, your fitness or whatever. And then similarly in our work, you're kind of saying, right, well, do you want to play that? We're putting a gig on, do you want to play? Oh, no, 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 no. And if, see if they end up in that stage... That's good. That's a wee marker. Of course. Mm, good. Yeah. If they can, then you say, good to know. Right, how can I work with that young person to build that up a wee bit? Because a lot of times you'll know yourself, you know the deep down would love to be on that stage playing their music yeah. or doing their dance. But it's, this, it's, not there yet. it's the social confidence, mm. the social anxiety, the peer the thought of peer pressure. There's so many layers to that Aye. that you can't unpack in one section. One session and go, oh, everybody wants to win the stage now. Jazz hands. Aye. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's not going to happen. It's the fine balance. Like, don't just say, oh, just do what you want. Yeah. But don't equally don't force them to go up a stage and just that's just ridiculous. The amount of times I've had a young person just be the DJ in the room Aye. because they don't want to take part. Because I think dancing can be quite exposing. For a lot of people, moving your body in a space with Aye. other people is not everybody's favourite thing to do. Aye. And I think the word dance is, you know, because sometimes I'll, we project, especially at Max in the Middle, the Health and Wellbeing Programme, because we're going into schools and I guess the kids have been told, yeah, you are doing this project with people that are going to come in. Uh-huh. And they, they get some prior knowledge of it, but they don't really know what's happening. So it's exciting, but it's also a bit scary and we're not wearing our uniform all mm-hmm. week and it's there's no maths and all that kind of stuff. So it's exciting, but also like, you know, it's a change and not everybody is excited about change, so that's fine. Yeah. And sometimes we come in and I'd be like, so we're going to do some movement, because that's a less scary word than dance. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, all the dancers in the room are like, are we thought we were doing dance I'm like I dance <laughs> just don't tell people this but it's that thing of like and then there'll be a, maybe a young person that's just like I'm not doing the dancing Aye. and I'm like fair enough Aye. but like you say like could you 
could you press play on this Aye. phone for me, please? Aye. Great. You know, and they're still involved. They're not sitting at the side twiddling their thumbs. Aye. You know what I mean? And I'm like, as, as much as you can get involved in it, if, if that's where you stay and that and you're happy there, fair enough. But also I'm keen to get you up and working with your pals. Because it's not much fun sitting in the bench yourself. I'm glad you said that as well, because that's what we so, I don't know. We I don't know if that's the right way to do it, right? But the way we try and approach it in real time is we we'll say to you know, people like it's fine if you don't like something, yes, right? Because we kind of love everything. Totally, <laughs> right? so true. But what's no fine is to say you don't like something when you've mm-hmm. never tried it. Have a crack at it, right? And then if you don't like it, that's fine. So like that's probably stood us quite in good stead mm-hmm. to to do that. And I think there is a point at which where, um. You know, like if you if you had a football team, you know, like teenage football team or whatever, mm-hmm. and they were coming along and sitting at the side and playing a Nintendo Switch, somebody would go over and say, "Listen, like, nobody cheeky in, but the purpose of this whole thing is mm-hmm. to play football. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this probably isn't the place for you, right? Let's see if we can find you something like a gaming club or yes. that type of." And sometimes that happens in real time. Where it's, it's like I've been told to come here in my school. I hate music. I hate it. And then we'll say, well, why don't you just try, you know, try it first? Mm-hmm. And I'd say eighty percent of the time they'll find an instrument. Yeah. Ukulele did not know that there existed. I'm having that or drums or whatever. DJing, hip hop, rapping sometimes as well. Cool. And then for the other twenty percent, sometimes they just genuinely don't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's fine as well. And then cool. you'd be like, cool. Well, let's speak to your teacher. We'll find something else. They can maybe they're, they're more into science or more into sport or whatever. Yeah. That type of thing. But it's just that way about. I don't want to force it too much. No. Don't you know? But I think it's that thing of like, it's fear of the unknown. So if you've never tried something before, um, I think it's just that gentle like persuasion of you can absolutely do this. I mean, I'll say to young people like quite often, like if you told me I was going to play a game of football a day, I'd be terrified because I don't know what I'm doing don't know anything about football I know I'm going to be terrible at it would I say no absolutely not because it's an opportunity for me to try something new that I've never done before and there's no expectation on me to be brilliant at it because everybody knows I've never done it before so I'll get a a bash and Mm -hmm. I'll maybe have have a nice time I'll maybe enjoy it but how am I going to know if I don't try you know and like I think that's the thing like and you've got to give kudos to the young people that go all right no, I mean, no, do totally. step in their comfort zone because it's massive and that pressure of being with your peers or maybe being with young folk that you don't know. Because I guess mm-hmm. for you, you'll have sometimes groups of young people that are not as familiar with each other uh, as other groups. But I think when you say earlier on about creating a safe space is, is the holy grail to yeah, the whole I... thing. Because sometimes if it's a school workshop, they will be in each other's classes and they'll know each other. Mm-hmm. And they'll say, so a classic one is if they'll sit out, sit, down to get a shot of the drums or that type of thing and they're there and their pals there waiting for, to get a shot as well and they'll no try because they know watching. he's going to say oh you're crap mm-hmm. so they'll just maybe intentionally be crap and say ah oh, okay, okay, whatever I don't want to try because if I try hard and then he and then he um, takes piss at me uh-huh then that'll hurt even more. Exactly. So you get this kind of race to the bottom where they, they don't know how to try. So setting up that atmosphere mm. where you can get them to feel safe. I guess some really challenging with some of these groups of young people that either came, came for so much negative stuff mm. that you're not going to undo that in two hours. No. Do you know what I mean? No, you've not got a magic wand. Uh, so you have to try and just make the best thing. It's about how you set 
set them up so you can just try and just get the dynam dynamic it and know ah, so he annoys him she annoys her and then kind of over the course of a couple of weeks just pick that out and try and get them at different different rooms different yes. instruments and stuff and then you work your magic <laughs> individually or yeah. in groups of twos and threes type of stuff so and that's the kind of thing about that work is that it's yes it comes from a you know a point of the love for the music and the passion for and the power of the arts and knowing that, that you know what it's its ability to really bring people out of their comfort zone and change lives and all that good stuff Aye. but like that almost isn't to one side but before you get there to the music Aye. but there's just so much going on in this room like there's so much kind of juggling going on Aye. and awareness and yeah like it is it's an absolute juggling act and that's where people that work with young people and do it successfully you know i say that teachers wear capes and i think i really admire teachers but people that work with young people on a regular basis like they also have that ability to just that sixth sense of just understanding a bit like Ian just knew Aye. something in you that you didn't know yourself like how did he see that and know that and not even known you really do you know what I mean it's Aye. like a, a superpower I, 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 I genuinely think it's it's about being able to see people's strengths and what their interests are and then just Absolutely hooking on to it in that, yeah. and no letting go because yeah. that's what that's what he did with me. And then that, all the best youth workers and stuff. That's the way. That's what you see them doing. Because mm -hmm. sometimes, eh, uh, I just sometimes they 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 know that you love that. Yeah. But you don't know that you love it. So there's a fine line as well. There is. There is. You know there I mean? is a total balancing act for sure. In terms of like, so the, the groups are they predominantly coming to? real time or are you also going into other spaces and just schools and stuff 50 50 yeah so it's great to have premises and have that set up Aye. and i guess that's changed from you know kind of the origin story you were saying like obviously that first community center that was born is that is that the, the original building that you are still in still now? in the same room no way is that no, i didn't realize that so i so that's so that's the interesting thing about real time was the next step is um, so over the the course of the you know since 1997 or whatever, it's maybe grown about tenfold in terms of staff, tenfold in terms of the number of young people we work with every year. And the only thing that hasn't grown is physical space. So just on top of each other. Um, that building was a primary school originally. Yeah, I think it was. Somebody told me it was a primary school that Elaine C. Smith went to. So it's in that building in your hill. But we're we're starting to find before the pandemic that. Um, it was never open at the weekend, so that's not great. And then with the, all the austerity cuts that were coming in, because it was a council building, they would often phone you up and say, do you need to be in the morning? Night? Do you need to be in Wednesday? Uh, and we were like, aye, we work with young people. And yeah. then it was starting to become, we were like a youth charity that was in a building. It was, we were never available when young people were available. And you're like, well, that's a plane that doesn't fly. So <laughs> we need to get out of there. Got you. So now we're on this journey of getting into a new building, which that's um, a bit exciting. Aye, aye. <laughs> and a lot of headaches, I would imagine. Aye, aye. There's been a lot of challenges, but on the face of it, we've had nothing but huge support from funders, ridiculous support from funders. So at the moment, we've we've raised almost two million pounds to, to to take an old, disused industrial estate. 
um, industrial unit, sorry, and fit it out to have kind of, it would probably, it would probably allow us to double the capacity of the workshops that we do, at least double. And then as well as that, have like a little space, a little gig space. Oh, nice one. Not big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, have you ever been in the Hug and Pint? You ever been in oh, I have. Like a small study. Yes. It's nothing, nothing grand. Intimate space for... But if you're 13, 14, you're in a band, you want to make a big noise, like <laughs> magic. Do you know what I mean? There's nothing like that in Motherwell. No. There is places you can go on a stage. Mm-hmm. However, they're either taking up with dance groups, which I don't, I don't have a problem with, because there's a need for that, or... It's a, it's it's some sort of social club or pub, and they yeah, don't yeah, want yeah. you in. Of course, yeah, yeah. As soon as you say it's under 18s, they're like, nope, not interested. Not interested, because you're going to trash my toilets, drink, put vodka in the systems and all that, and then... Um, like, we're not. <laughs> I, do you know it's funny? Young people don't do that anymore. No. Absolutely don't. And uh, We absolutely did when I was younger, but you just don't do that anymore. So, so there's not really a place for that, and we're hoping to have something, really and it's... Sweet. The, the other thing that young people told us oh, consistently over the years is getting to Newt Hill was difficult, whereas this new building's right. 10 minute walk the max to the train station. So you can sling a guitar on anywhere in North Lancashire and beyond, jump on a train, get on a bus, whatever, get to Motherwell in your wee short walk. I think it's, I think it's the right move for the next milestone of yeah. what we're trying to do. Um, and you're saying you know the, the amazing support from funders, but that's just obviously off the back of the amazing work that you do. Do you know what I mean that they're not going to be giving money to something that's not proven time and time again that it works and you've got something great and that more people should be able to access it? Essentially, do you know what I mean that's all you want is that you reach more young people and they get that opportunity. That, that those who have came through the ranks and you know there'll be so many. I, I guess like you you probably can never imagine like how much real time has touched people's lives. Like, there'll be people all around the world now that have been part of Real Time in some way, shape or form, and that's been, like, such a pivotal thing in their lives at that time, yep. growing up. Oh, totally, totally. We, we, when we did our 20th anniversary, uh, I think it was only, that's the only time we've blown our own trumpet. <laughs> by the, the local MSP, Claire Adamson, put on a thing in the Scottish Parliament for us, and we all went up, and it was great, actually. It was a really nice time. But just... Um, Round about that time, we put on another thing locally in what used to be Jack Daniels and Motherwell. Yes. And um, we basically just said on Facebook and all that stuff, if you ever, if real time ever helped you, just come down, get a drink or whatever. And it was just <laughs> ridiculous to see the amount of people who turned up. Just people are from, like, you're still here, right? I feel like <laughs> 14 years before or whatever. And they were, they were telling like even folk back from I did workshops with them and they're like I remember you said this thing and it's always stuck with me and I was like "Ah." I was like that isn't that wasn't even my best line (laughs) it's like the stuff you said that you never even aye aye like you think the stuff you think's going to they they'll remember (laughs) that's so true so I I think it's that and I think for the funders point of view the way I see it I don't know if it's true but the way I see it having been involved since it started Mm. is I, I feel that there was a tremendous amount of goodwill towards real time, as in, like, funders have maybe saw as just quietly working away, quietly working yeah. away, and no, no breaking ourselves up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when we, did, when we did need help, we came forward with a really well-worked-out plan, like, this is how we become more sustainable, and young people have told us, and they've been involved in it, so we did all our homework. Of course. And I think they've went, 
you know that you are a good organization like you you've you've just quietly worked away yeah. for all the years and we can see that you need that investment and i think that's what it was just goodwill and they've, they've seen yeah. a good thing so it's just been brilliant to see that response from funders because it is challenging I, I, i'll never get sick of talking about how amazing funders were during the pandemic mm. particularly the cora foundation the william grant foundation see your independent funders okay, yeah. robertson trust yes creative scotland as well some of the people there that we've had funding from that's great to hear no I, I i'll never forget it was like right in the middle of, at the beginning when everything was really kicking off and you're all working from home you're like what is this thing uh-huh. and i get an email through saying if you respond to this email and tell us what you need it for, we'll send you two thousand pound within twenty four hours. Wow! And obviously you had, you know, what I mean, you need to show you need yeah, it, right? Yeah, of like, course, but, yeah. But I was like, that is exactly what we well, needed. We need uh-huh. I, was, yeah. I was like, I can't believe this. This is exactly what's needed. And that was the Cora Foundation. They were just their their response was amazing. I thought. And now, now, like, I'm working through a wee bit of a challenge with a couple of more local authority based funders and it's night and day mm. and because of that makes you appreciate oh that my, it does work you can... don't know how good it can yeah, be yeah, yeah. i think i genuinely think there's some of these people who work for these funders particularly the independent ones they are almost if not mm. as invested in the work you're trying to achieve as you are because uh, you'll probably have met mm. some yeah, of them yeah, yourself absolutely they're properly compassionate caring yeah they're up, up for it they're they're in their business they're, they're wanting Correct. to dish that money out because they believe in all these causes yeah. like, that's brilliant because ah, that's I, it should be i remember and betty will tell you as well i remember when funders were like they used to work for banks and they would come out and every two weeks you had to send them a cash flow wow of your entire business and they'd get they'd only give you maybe like a grant a don't know the total grant was like eight thousand pound over a whole year okay. but every two weeks you had to send them a yeah, cash flow of the entire so. business and all that and i was like that's just too much energy in the wrong place right and now it's so much better that's you get great. these compassionate people that work for funders i love them I think it's great mm. and then sometimes when you hear people grumbling a wee bit about like, oh, funding's dead hard you don't know uh-huh. the half of it yeah 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 <laughs> it's totally. so much better well it's great to hear a, a, you know, a, a, a nice story you know a highlight because yeah that the, I know that there's challenging spaces where people uh-huh. are not getting funded and that you know arguably should be and totally um, so it, but it's just lovely to hear like somebody who deserves it like a, a, a organisation that deserves that money and does good, great things with it are getting it Aye. do you know what I mean and then they're getting the opportunity to work with people who actually do care about what you're doing and what goes around comes around cause, yeah. so the chances of us getting more money in future will be nil because that'll be like <laughs> right like, on to the next person and that's just the Fair enough, that's the way it goes yeah, it goes where it needs to go yeah but so. hopefully by that point you'll be in your new space doing your thing lots of young people accessing it like you know I think it's what an injection of energy for the area as well like just something like that so exciting for everybody involved Aye. Ah, yeah, that's that's what we're excited about is this idea of we know we know the charitable side of what we're doing works. It's just a wee bit of a secret sauce, a wee magic mm-hmm. thing there that's great. Let's just keep that going, try and build it. But then there's there's a real appetite for um there's local musicians who yep. want to volunteer, they want to come in and help us to repair our guitars and there's people who are interested in all the microphones and the tech stuff and they can come and help us 
keep her studio maintained. Absolutely. And, and then even just this idea of a community run recording studio mm-hmm. type space as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Where there's just so many possibilities to it, especially in this day and age when it's everything's all based around social media. Mm-hmm. Everything's all based around more kind of gig economy freelance type stuff as well I think there's loads of opportunities for so many other things to be happening for for real time to be a bit of a creative hub yeah yeah it sounds like for sure aye be part of come here and you can learn about how to do it and be connected to other people well then it kind of lines all the threads up to because these young people are going to become adults yeah you know and if they can be feel that there's opportunity not just now but moving forward that that's going to brand you know it's not like your time real time is done and then that's it you know once you're not a young person anymore that you're all going to be be able to be connected to real time necessarily forever in some way shape or form if you want to you know and that's the thing like not everybody's going to go on to become a rock star or work in the music industry necessarily because that's maybe not what they want that's fair enough but the skills and the relationships and the stuff that you learn while you're there you know, that, uh, that's life stuff. Oh, definitely. But if you, I mean, you think of the 20, 30 years ago, like I was saying earlier on in the chat, like, I had nothing going for me. There was no opportunities around. And then now when you look at it, you say well, you've got these big film studios in Cumbernauld and everything's so distributed as well mm. in terms of where you can work. And the, the opportunity and the chance to work in the creative industries has probably never been better. I, don't, I think. Mm. Might be wrong saying that. Well, I mean, I can look my way. experience and I'm very privileged to be still working as a freelancer, <laughs> especially after the pandemic, do you know what I mean? So I consider myself very lucky and I know some people had to make that tough decision or it was taken out of their hands in terms of could they go back in to it because of the pandemic. I, I was lucky I just survived it to yeah, come out yeah, the other yeah. end, but um, certainly, like, you know, I, I'm in a privileged position to still be working as a freelancer. Not necessarily in North Lanarkshire much, to be fair. Although, uh-huh. more recently, I have actually, for all the years that I've worked as a freelancer, it's been elsewhere. But certainly, definitely in Scotland. Aye. You know? Um, and, and I'm just always, like, passionate about people doing stuff that they love and connecting with other people. And I, I've just always been in awe of the work that you used to do. I think it's tremendous. Like I was saying earlier, it's it's... I just speak on behalf of a whole group of trustees and staff and volunteers and ex-young people and mentors and a load of people mm. that have made it what it is. It's, it's no one or two or three people, but it is amazing. It's just some some place. But the thing that you, uh, when you were saying earlier on, like I love how you described like just not having any expectations about stuff. Mm about any of it when you're doing work if you're doing yeah. a workshop or whatever I don't really have any preconceived notion of anything like that and I think that's the biggest thing about creativity see the more see the more you talk about or you listen to creative people the ones who know how to harness it are the ones that talk like that mm. so for for example I'm thinking of uh, Neil Young mm-hmm. he says when somebody was asked him how do you write your songs and he says it's a bit like trying to catch a rabbit the more you try and shove your arm into the, the burrow and pull it out, the further back it goes. And he said the best thing to do is just sit and be patient mm. and it will come out and it comes. I like that. I like, <laughs> it's true. So true. Parallels to what you're saying, though, is mm. it? Like, don't just... Can't force these things. Uh-huh. You have to, all you can do is create the conditions and then the cre- yes. creativity comes out. It's like there's a million analogies to it as well, but wherever you go... You see it. Yeah. If you if you look at the people who really really do it well, 
um, the guy for Squeeze. Mm-hmm. The guy that writes the song first Squeeze, heard him talk about it, and he's like, he's like, it just comes from the ether, and I don't force it, it just mm-hmm. sort of comes to just me. It happens. He told you, you hear, uh, I heard Noel Gallagher on the radio talking about it, and they were like, how do you write your songs? And he's like, I call it going fishing. <laughs> he's like, if you sit around long enough, a fish will come <laughs> It's like, uh, you, the more you look, the more yeah. these that's, there's a pattern to it. And it's about that's exactly the way you described being open to that, no no rushing it. Mm. Don't have preconceived notions, just sort of something will come along and then after a while if you have enough, you know, catch enough fish, catch ten, Mm -hmm. one will be good. Yeah. That's all you need. That's it. I was working with a group of adults and um this idea of a like the first idea and just giving it a go, like experimenting almost. And if it doesn't work out you know, not to have an absolute panic of like, yeah. oh, well, that's, ro- oh, that's rotten. That, that's absolutely rubbish. That didn't work, did it? No. No, no, it didn't. But what did we learn for that? Aye. So what would what we going to do differently the next day? Do you know what I mean? Like, that's all right. Like, we're going to have some really dud ideas. Aye. That, but we'll probably, there'll be a takeaway from it. You Aye. might not realise it right away. But, you know, you learn what you definitely don't need or don't like or don't want Aye. through just trying. It's that image of, a big massive pile of failed ideas and then on the top of it is the wee one that worked. <laughs> yes. It's like you only get there by climbing through this big mountain of failure ah. and then you have one bit at the end. But the, that's the bit I think is dead interesting. You're in this new building and mm. it's like creativity is no just for the creative industries. I love that idea of you can be creative in every aspect of your life. Correct. And, and I love the idea of being able to try and spread that like to businesses mm. or to like whoever. Do you know, even just we work with young people a lot of times, you're thinking about their future and it's about thinking about your future through a creative lens. Yes. Like you don't you don't have to be like, oh, I need to go to uni, I need to get a job. No. In fact, it's like, well, let's just chill out. Uh-huh. Let's think about it this way. The, the other the other model I think is great for creativity. I don't know if you've ever come across this. Um, I think it's brilliant. This guy, I think he's called Roger Van Och or something, a Dutch okay. guy. And it's, it's the... Explorer, the artist, the judge, and the warrior. You ever come across this? Ah, I don't know this one. So we were talking to a creative freelance person about this recently, and they were just like, "Just have so I have so many ideas, and I never finish anything." Mm. And I was like, "Well, right, would check. What do you think of this then?" And I was telling him about it, and he was like, "That's it." (laughs) And I've always found it useful as well. So basically, this the guy's model is. When you're being creative, the first thing you do is you explore. So you're wondering about think, looking for stuff that kind of interests you. Oh, that's quite nice. I like that. I like mm-hmm. how the texture of that, whatever. And then the artist part is you take maybe two or three of the things you've explored and found, and you go, I wonder what happens if you put that with that. Nice. I wonder if what happens if I smooch that together with that thing. I wonder if I took that dance and mixed in with that style type of thing. So that's the artist part. And then the judge part is... Well, you've maybe made 10, 12, 13, 15 things. And you say, right, well, I've made a lot of stuff, but can it all be good? What's the best stuff? What am I going to move forward with? Mm-hmm. And then the bit I find the hardest and most people find the hardest is the warrior. So it's like I've selected these in my three projects. That's my three, this is the thing I want to finish. I want to finish that painting or finish that story or whatever. And it's like, I will get this to the finish line if it kills me. Yeah. Everything is off the table except this, this. and I'm only working on this thing mm-hmm. until it's done and I just think it's a brilliant that way that is better spot on Aye. it's that a great way on. to think about creativity because most people want creativity is the first bit 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Find Finds stuff, smush stuff. it together, Aye. come up with original stuff and all that. But is it? Is it? But that focus. If you never finish it, is it creative? Yeah. Maybe it is. But I suppose there's there's a, I don't know, it feels like that's the natural finish point. Yeah. Is get, get it done. Sometimes when I talk about creativity and working with young people and it's like the, it's magic and it's it's amazing and it, sometimes I fear that I make it sound like this other world that other people are like, I do this thing but you're not involved in that. Aye. Absolutely not. Yeah. Because when you were talking about taking creativity into other realms, like everybody's creative. Everybody has mm-hmm. the ability to be creative. Everybody's got a creative bone in their body. It's just whether you've had the opportunity or the space or the time to access that, to tap into that. And I just consider myself very lucky that I have had that space and time and other people have championed me to do that and continue as an adult to do that. But I'll equally, like anybody that you could meet at a bus stop, I'm like, you've got creativity in you. You've got the ability to create something. It's just whether you want to, the time, the space, the resources to do it. And and that's, there is magic in that. Like everybody's got the ability. I'm glad you said that. that. No, everybody agrees with me with that. Because I, 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 I totally, totally agree. I always say everybody has got a classic album, novel, yeah. um, show, whatever you want to call it, yeah. in them. Everybody. Totally. And they're like, oh, no, I could never do that. And I was just like, ah, oh, sure. <laughs> like, I just believe it. I just I just totally believe it. And... But you've seen it. Huh? You've seen it. You've seen it too. But it's just, I actually think it's just, I don't know, it's just, physics as well like we're all made of the same mm. stuff yeah it's part it's just, of being a human uh, it's just like what, what did, how, how people are not that different no that's true and that's the, the great thing about working with people generally just for a long time you get to understand yourself better right. as a practitioner or a person in this world and and how to be and i think what you said earlier is really important about that first impression the things that you say your energy how you approach them is dead important because that you know can't judge a book book's cover and but first impressions like matter Aye. and like how you enter a space even first impressions every time every first time you walk into that workshop with the people that you worked with last week Aye. how you set the tone and how you conduct yourself is important and Aye. and any like i don't even just mean workshops actually i just mean generally in life like and i know totally. we can't always be dead happy and like just life stress and all that stuff, but like your energy can quite often affect a space and you just need to be like aware of that aye definitely you know because I think <clears throat> I think it's like uh, if you think of an actor on a stage the chances are no all the time mm-hmm. but I would say the chances are they are in that present moment in a flow I would think I'm not an actor I don't know no, that right, sounds but I would imagine me, and, and I think it's I think if you were sitting in the audience and Somebody was on the stage and they they weren't in the present moment. They were thinking about um, they have to go to Asda after the show and get their stuff. <laughs> I think you would feel it. You'd yes. probably be like, hmm, something like that. Really yes. I, I think you would anyway. And I think it's the same when you're working with people doing a workshop or you're doing that stuff. If you are in the present moment, so you're thinking, oh, I never put the oven off, or you're thinking, even, even just two minutes ahead. So, like, because quite a lot of time in our workshops, you're setting up stuff, mm. setting up instruments, you're doing all that stuff. So even if you're just always thinking, oh, I need to get to that room, set that hard. stuff up, and somebody's trying to talk to you, and you're not there. Yeah. But so it doesn't have to be like, oh, I'm thinking of where I'm going on holiday or whatever. It no, no. just be in the next few moments. That's but so just true. to try and bring yourself back and be like, just looking people in the eye and be like, mm-hmm. I'm here and we're talking about 
there's nothing else I'm doing except Yeah, what you. you're saying is really important and I listen to it. Because uh. I think for a lot of the young people we work with, they've been let down quite a lot in their life. And so I think to, to, to do that is a real um, respect. It's a sign of respect as well. Now, I think that's one of the things we always try and do is make sure that we don't mess anything up in terms of arrangements. Yes. So I'm always quite proud of the fact that I could count on one hand the amount of workshops we've never turned up to. Mm-hmm. It's not even one hand. I think it's two or three fingers okay. over 25 wow. years. Yeah. And it's been nowhere doing that's maybe been the tutor just woke up and they were like I just totally had a brain fart completely forgot <laughs> yes. who and I was yeah that's being a human and that, aye, these things happen aye but just being trying to be super consistent mm-hmm. and being organised so that you're always there for the people I think is so important yeah it comes back to that you know that we all like structure we all work I mean it's nice to, I say structure in the sense of like the lesson's not all planned out necessarily. You have your objectives or you have you have your things that you you know work or we're going to try and get to that or whatever. That that's important too to push something forward, Aye. especially a project. You know what I mean like if I've been working on a youth theatre production, you know, with her acting and singing and dancing, Aye. like we've made ourselves a bit of a goal. Like today, it'd be great if we could get to page twelve in the script yeah. or whatever yeah. it is. Do you know what I mean that's great? It's good to have a goal, not to beat yourself up if you don't quite get there, but like we've made some sort of progress. So structure is, but I think just a structure of like I think people appreciate that like we've made a plan because you're important enough for aye. a plan to be made for aye you know that totally. we've thought about you in advance and the discipline and the structure is for me just about getting in the room yes do you know that way I want to have the open space of the workshop mm-hmm. and stuff and it, but it's just that but like see for the eight sessions I'll be there before you I'll be set up, I'll be ready to go, I'll have all my stuff, and it'll be the same people there, mm. as much as we possibly can. Can it always happen? But even if it can be the same person, they will know what you worked on, because they'll have had a wee chat. Uh-huh. It's like we're, do- we're doing everything we can in the background to make sure. It's like, again, because I used to work in Motherwell Concert Hall, and one of, the, one of the things I learned was it takes a lot to put a show on. And mm-hmm. It takes a lot to stop a show as well. Right? <laughs> but... <laughs> That's where the magic is. See, if you do all these wee things right in the background, mm-hmm. when when they people go on the stage, it's just it like happens. it's like it's like magic. They're like, how did they do that? Uh-huh. But it's because of all There's these wee things happened in the background, yeah. and it's the same with working doing all these workshops. If you get all the wee bits right, once you're in that room, it all comes together because you've got everything you need. You're in the right space, the right energy, and you've got the right people, and you've kind of created the conditions for the young people to feel safe to give stuff a try, and then that's when it all. That's when it all goes well. I think we just try. Uh, it's like you were saying, effort. there's no expectation, yeah. but you're putting Energy. the effort in all the time to try and make it as mm. good as it can. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And if there's something to be learned from it, then I think that's a positive. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you try something and it just like, falls flat in the face, you're like, oh, well, we'll not do that again, will we? Aye, aye. <laughs> aye. And that's the tricky bit as well. So you've got this, you try to do creative workshops where you're not having expectations and all that stuff. Yes. But you've been funded to get an outcome. So you're like, right, so that's all part oh, of your... Make a thing. Uh, that's mag- <laughs> part of your magic. You have to be like, right, I need to try and present this in a way where it's not essential to have that yes, thing. Yes, there's no pressure, but... But I kind of know if I do it the right way, it will lead to we'll that. Lead up with this product. But I need, I, need it, I need you to feel that it came for you. Yeah. Type of thing. But you kind of know it will lead that way. Mm. But it's just, you don't... 
at its worst, you end up doing the same thing over and over. And then you're like, no, you don't want to. No, it... I mean, I like just churn out the same stuff. Well, the way the way I look at it is if, if you worked with, say, 10 groups of young people, right, and each of the 10 groups had different young people in it, uh-huh. and all of them you did the same thing, I'd be like, well, that was you that brought that Correct. to them. Because Correct. Aye, that's not groups, them. They're not going to produce the same thing ten times. Aye, it's just still going to happen. But it's a, it's a, it's a real art, I think. Uh-huh. Doing, doing this type of work, there's so many different things. To yeah, well, because you said do. earlier on to me about the whole thing about yeah, uh, it's great that you can play the guitar, brilliant. Oh, you can be the best guitarist ever. Can you teach it? <laughs> you know, it's the whole other uh-huh. skill set yep. to be able to take what you can do and the passion, the thing that you're passionate about. And, and help other people find that in Aye. themselves. That's like a whole other thing. No, totally. And I think sometimes the people who, it's maybe a bit controversial, I don't know, but sometimes the people who are not the best at it are the ones who are the best at the guitar, but they've got no other skills. Like, so for example, I often say, like, you don't need to be Michael Schumacher to teach somebody how to drive. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes, like, you yes, just yes. need to know how to drive enough to show somebody <laughs> how to drive a car. But it's just like exactly what you were saying. If you're kind of good enough at that discipline, but you've also got these other skills of just being good with people, being kind of open-minded, just being um, easygoing as well, I think it's really good. Having yeah. a good attitude, being able to just put people at ease and encourage people as well, I think is a really important thing. And it's a skill that no, but not a lot of people no. have got. You'd be surprised, I think, in, in early in the works, when you put them into a room with young people, sometimes... Uh, they're quite quick to bring their own opinions to things. You know, like if a young person's like, oh, I've got this new guitar. If you jump straight to, ah, well, that's a Squire guitar, that's not as good as a other guitar. You're kind of like, well, no, like you've went away down the wrong track there. What you wanted to say was, that's, brilliant. that's amazing. So yeah. is that your first guitar? Yeah. This is a big milestone. Your own guitar? It's like amazing. everything you say, you should always be building. You should of always course. be building up the way. Remember we used to say in uh, Max in the Middle, the whole food thing, don't yuck somebody's yum. <laughs> and, I mean, I mean that's like rule number one. Like in terms of like working with young people, like don't uh, put them down. <laughs> like, no, no. Right. But I think it's sometimes so subtle that uh-huh. they don't. I don't even realize it. it's not like I I put down as such. But yeah, you so you're kind of you're, you're trying to kind of get across. You know, I'm very knowledgeable about guitars and stuff. So if that's a squire yeah. and that's not as good as a Fender and all that, and you're just like, oh, get this Shut up, is it a guitar? Can you make I, a noise with it? Brilliant. And I, think, <laughs> I think that's why we always say we're, we're youth work first in mm. music second. Yeah. So we're building up the young person first. Of course. Because it's like, at the end of the day, if if they're no confident and they're no, they're no kind of bringing out their, their true, you know, the pe- person they deeply, deeply want to be, then it doesn't matter how good they can play a scale in a guitar or whatever. It'll, mm-hmm. They'll never play it as good as if they played it when they had like that full... They were feeling good. Aye. Uh-huh. So I always think this is a totally pretentious image, right? And I'm sorry, but I, I can't get rid of the image. I've always had it in my head. Like a tuning fork, mm-hmm. right? But it's like wrapped in barbed wire. And that's like all the experiences you've had, you know, those adverse experiences when you're younger whatever and then through that work with a youth worker or whoever it is you know you're trying to kind of pull that off yes and then you give that a ping you just get that person's pure just pure tone love that you know what I mean but it's choked it's choked not pretentious at all that's fun but it's choked up until that point you kind of get the full note 
about the person. Do you know what I mean? So true. Young people are great. They really are. They're brilliant. What a joy and a privilege it is. And a challenge. Like, it is, but that's just working with humans. Full stop in it. Like, and just being a human, you know, and bringing your own stuff to the table and no, or leaving stuff at the door. And it's funny you say that because see all the stuff that we were talking about, the principles of working with young people and all that type of thing. I've grown to think now it is, it's about people. You can apply that to anybody. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I even think sometimes as well, you know, you go on these leadership courses and stuff. I would even say leadership is just youth work for old people. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's all you can apply same. the same principles in an office you know, in a council office, all the same stuff. HR staff or whatever, mm-hmm. and yeah, and a lot of, I would argue all of it, if not most of it, would work. Aye, this, guys, yeah. this is where we're trying to go. This is the vision, yeah. and right, let's get you right. Let's get the best out of everybody, and just being cool with people, being present in the room, mm-hmm. the structure, and all the stuff. It's all the same stuff. Yeah, because if people feel valued and they feel that they've got something to bring to the table, and that it's been heard and it's been appreciated then Aye. you get the best out of people Aye. do you know what I mean people get to stretch their wings and and bring their own uniqueness and like you know we've all got something that we can bring to the table Aye, it's oh, just it's, it's somebody offering that space for it to thrive and well, that's what they say into the base the basic human needs that we've all got are we all we, we want to be good at something like we want to master something mm-hmm. everybody wants to master something and then we all want connection we're all wired to connect with people I mean you Podcasting, perfect example. Perfect example. <laughs> but we're all just, that's the way humans are wired. And then there's this other part about autonomy. We yeah. want to kind of, we have a wee bit of saying how we do it. We don't want to just be like whacked with a stick. Correct. You need to go and do that now. So I think it all taps into the same. Yeah, yeah. It comes for the same well. Absolutely, I, think, I would agree. We'll go back to Betty for a second. She sings your praises like nothing else, like, and quite rightly so. But my impression of you and my understanding of you is always is being is basically what you are in front of me just now. Like somebody who's passionate, knows what they're talking about, is very much that community collective. It's not just me; it's all the folk. You're. It's clear that what your motives and your intentions are for real time. They've not wavered from that original passion for music, working with young people, giving folk opportunities. Yeah. And that learning as well, like it seems like you're open-minded, open-hearted. Yes, you've through experience learned a lot, and you understand what works sometimes and what doesn't. But also that you're not, you're not like I know it all now. That you're still learning, and you want to push forward as an individual, but also taking real time forward. Aye, knowing how much I don't know now, mm. the more you do it, the more the less you, you know. But I, I would love to agree with all of that as well. But I think there's definitely a shadow side of it. Just to be completely honest, mm-hmm. that uh, I think going along with all of that stuff, I think uh, I've got a really high standard of the way I think stuff should be. Because we were talking about earlier on about how this type of work is a privilege yep. to be doing it. It is a privilege. And I know it doesn't pay, other things pay and all that stuff. I get all that. So I think sometimes that, that can come across like I can be quite demanding. Because I... Cause it's partly because I think it's a privilege, but partly because you're also saying there's people out there suffering, and this is a perfect thing for them, and we need to get this right. Correct. And on my on my worst days, sometimes I, I can get a bit carried away with that. Do you know what I mean? But, the, but, but the good intentions human. there. 
I think the good intentions there as well, but it's, it, it, it all comes from striving to just have something really good. That's, um, not, a, that's not a negative. I don't. Yeah, and we're all human, and we're fallible, and we make mistakes, and and yeah, sometimes our we can be not narrow-minded, but tunnel-visioned in terms aye. of like our goals, and yeah, I completely understand that. Like, yeah, I, I, certainly, I certainly don't always get it right, I, and the pressures that must be on you as the head of the organisation, the person that's gonna the puppet master, if you like, and trying to keep all this going and keeping people in a job and answering to funders and working with architects to a new space. Like, I can't imagine the pressure that you Aye. must be under and at that, times, Ryan. That's where it's it's good to have people like like Betty on your board as well, where you're, you sometimes get put between put in tricky positions where you're having to make trade-offs between, do you know what I mean, you've only got so much money, but you, this person needs that or whatever. And then, you know, you'll be on the phone to Betty and she's patiently listening to you. And she's like, ah, you don't understand what you're talking about. Like, getting into, I'm getting into far too much detail about everything. And she's like, right, cool, okay. But it can be understated, the amount of unsung heroes that, that are there. And I, I, I genuinely do think your mum's like one of them coming up on 20 or over 20 years of service to the charity. Absolutely. And she was so touched that real time recognised that and marked that, you know, like, at least you could get, do, right? you know, because she was like, wasn't expecting, like I didn't even realise, like, Aye. but yeah, but it just shows you like the power of real time and like that she wants to be part of that and has done all those years and like believes in what real time does and, and feels valued as a member of the team, do you know what I mean, to Aye. be at that length of time. Aye, and, that, and do you know how, you know how you can tell a good, a really strong trustee, mm. they, they, they care about the people in the organisation. It's easy sometimes to go, well, you know, I'm a because I'm a trustee of different organisations as well, and it's easy sometimes to be like, well, trustee? Oh, it's a, <laughs> a wee, shiny title. It's a wee stroke to the ego a wee bit sometimes, <laughs> and oh, I'm a trustee, you know that. But I can guarantee almost everybody that's been a trustee for real time, Betty's a shining example, never once have used that in a kind of egotistic way mm. and have always been like, right, what's best for the staff? What's best for them? I know that sounds obvious, right? But some I've well, been in I've been in some it's probably not so obvious. I've been in some situations, not real time, but other organisations where I've been in some of their trustee meetings or whatever, and it's just like I don't need to know the names of the employees and I don't need to just you know, just give us a report, tell us okay. the sickness, absence or something, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Very corporate type of thing. But to just be like, look, we're trying to build an organisation that helps disadvantaged young people. And the biggest asset we've got are our staff, because we think you can have all the guitars in the world. Correct. Guitars kind of change the lives of young people on their own. So I think Betty realises that and the rest of the trustees realise that. It's like, if you get that right mm-hmm. and you invest in the staff and you kind of try and take them on the journey, because a lot of them have built the organisation as well. Of course, some of them I, and they've been through, right through from uh, being a young person themselves, which, of, which is a testament to what real time doing, and that, that, that it does feel like it is about the people then. Aye. Do you mean that you are valued as an individual? Aye, 100%. I think it's, it's, that's what I was saying a minute ago. It's like this youth work idea, it's just in leadership and all that, it's just youth work for adults. Mm. So the same when you're running an organisation or if you're a trustee of an organisation, it's the same principles. They, they need to choose to be involved. You need to make them feel like they're active. They've got autonomy. 
And then also it's about collaborating with them, not dictating to them. It's about saying, look, what's what's your experience mm-hmm. telling you from the work that you're doing? How you how you experiencing your role? How do you how do you see it changing and growing? And then also starting from where the person is. So not just being like, oh no, you should be doing this or it should you should be at that level. We just be like, well, they're there. That's, yeah, that's, where what, they're at. that's what they know. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need a bit of training or mm-hmm. or, or recognising that they're already far past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What they're doing, and they've got so much more to offer. Mm-hmm. Like, By the way, we should be getting them in to do this other project or taking yes. on a whole new line of responsibility mm-hmm. or that type of thing. Oh, that trust aspect as well, putting your trust in people and giving them an opportunity to just go and do their thing. And say, you can do that, so away you go and do it. Aye. And I trust you to. Do that and come back and Aye. be the good servant. I mean? And there's nowhere, I, well, I think anyway, there's nowhere where you'll see that being more challenging than in the charitable sector because there's no profit margins. Because, yes. see, if there was, you'd have private companies in doing their work. It's just not profitable. Like, that's Absolutely. a fact. So there's, it's like if you make a, one mistake, the game's a bogey. And the other thing as well that people don't, always get about small organisations is if you've got 10 people that work for you if one of them is a a, a bad apple mm-hmm. that's 10% of your work that's that's going to be tainted by that mm-hmm. and so you have to make sure that who you bring on get on your bus is the right person and if anybody hears this it works for real time they'll be laughing because on, honestly I'm notorious for taking people on I'm like so Choosy. Ah, I completely get that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Trust. You're like, can I, could I put them in a workshop with young people? Uh, I don't know. I'm not willing to experiment here. Like, it has to be good. Uh, <laughs> like, uh, you can't you can't experiment on young these young people. They expect it, they deserve the best. ties back to that other point about there is no profit margin. There is no margin for error. So if you make, if you're, you get one project that goes wrong and you end up spending all this staff time to fix it and stuff like that, like yeah. that can really put you out of business because mm. there's no, like, I don't know that many charities that have got big, massive pots of reserves that they can they dip into. play a bit with it, uh-huh. yeah. no. and, and even in these days as well, a lot of funders, even if you did have that, they would, they would be asking you. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, you've asked for £20,000 here, but we can see you've got like nice. half a million quid there. Why, why are you right. coming to us? type of thing so you kind of have to spend it so I, I think it's just a that's a combination of it's so challenging financially and then also you've got a small team and you need to get the right people and if you've got the wrong people you end up spending so much time because you don't have that trust that you get into a problem financially yes so it's like you have to get all the wheels sort of it's going in the right strange. direction and it's quite hard the best way I could put it is a uh, if you were an accountant, you were trying to hire another accountant for your firm, you could be like, have you got the bit of paper Should that says you're an accountant? All right, cool. Like, good. You seem like a nice person, good attitude, right? Let's give you a, a crack at it. But in this line of work, and you'll know as well, mm-hmm. you can absolutely blag your way into anything. Do you know what I mean? And so you have to be a wee bit more discerning about when you're interviewing people and looking into their experience and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people will say, but, but I mean, how do I get the experience if people don't give you a chance? And you're like, well, I get that. But at the same time, we get 10 or 20 people who are actually volunteering 
and your role will be to get in and work with them. Yes. So if you don't know what you're doing, and then and they're they're saying who's this person, awesome. and you're yeah. you're giving it all. Well, how do I get experience? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we could have gave the job to any of them, and yes. so we have to start somewhere. We have to say, well, this is this involves money. So we kind of need you to have been there and done that a wee bit, yeah. and be able to come in and hit the ground running. Absolutely. So there is, I think there is a wee bit of a hard edged part to this as well. Mm-hmm. But, but that's important to say that, do you know what I mean? Because it isn't all lovely and we're creating lots of nice things and, do you know what I mean? Like, it's hard running an organisation in these times, do you know what I mean? And, like, are you able to switch off? Uh, uh aye, aye. From time to time. M- more now than I used to. So, uh, in years gone by, there was a lot more just 24-7 sleepless nights and stuff like that. But I think now... We've sort of spread the work a wee bit more round. Because that's important, because you can't pour from an empty cup either. Aye. And the passion's there, of course, there's, that's undeniable, but like you do need that space for... Because you are more than real time, and you're a person who's like got a life, and you know, and you deserve that. Do you know I mean bet, that you can be all the people? Aye. I'll bet any money that I'm not the first person to say this on a podcast, but <laughs> see having a six-year-old, well, then... job done. <laughs> To see if I don't take t- if I don't take time off, I will go to jail. Like <laughs> they will come and say you have not taken care of this human child. So it's handcuffs. Distraction, brilliant. Ah, so it's like right. I need to. I need to do this. I need to spend time because mm-hmm. they take. They do require a lot of your attention, mm. and you want to do it as well. Of so course. you're just like, ah, do you know what? Yeah. I'm getting this done because I've got that to look. It's maybe to. only eighty percent as good as it could be, but it's good enough. Great, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's important to say that too, aye. 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 It's not always going to be perfect. I mean, what is the definition of perfect anyway? Do you know what I mean? But like, I'm sure you'll get as close to it as you possibly can, Ryan, for sure. No, I've spent, <laughs> I've spent my, my life pursuing it and then realised that well, it was a waste of time. He's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Because it's just that pushing a ball up a hill thing. Yeah. You never get there. No, totally. No, I, I do massively like appreciate your honesty. Like, I think who you are comes across in spades, so I wouldn't be concerned whatsoever that people are going to come away from listening to this and go, oh, he's all about himself, or, like, it's all about, it's not, it's definitely not the Ryan show, and I get that, and I understand that's important to you to get that across. Uh, It's evident, like, you know, it is about the people. Yeah. Like, it is, it is a village, it is a community. Um, I've never thought about it that way, but it is exactly that. Yeah. So, um, I just, I massively appreciate that, um, you speak so eloquently about it, so I don't know what you were worried about, if you were worried about it. <laughs> You're just like, I've got enough today. I don't want to be in a podcast. But I no. do appreciate your time and your energy. By the way, I'll see all that talking about uh, the the warrior and the artist and all that yes. creativity. I love all that stuff. But it's just, there's a part of me that just thinks, well, everybody knows all that stuff. That's like mm. basic stuff. Well, I think if one person listens to this who didn't already know about real time, then that's a win. Yes. Because more people should know about real time. And I'm sure, like, like yeah, I mean, real time is, it's been going so long that, it, you know, it definitely is a, a presence in the, this area in, in North Lanarkshire. Aye. But I, I would just be keen for more people to know the brilliant work that real time does and how they could support or be part of it. Like, that's my main objective is, like, just celebrating people and their passions. Aye. So if we can get one more person to know 100%. about real time, then... Aye. I'm done. And thanks for, for doing that as well and Pleasure. inviting me on. Not at all. God, it's not. And I've just realised that 
this is this is me actually doing some sort of promotion. Well, so that's a win, you. isn't it? There we go. Very proud to be. Usually so bad. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Brawn the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.